live and welcome to the Mando Fan Show, everybody. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday, special edition Thursday. Uh, my <laughs> fault because I had, <laughs> life happens and I had stuff I had to do on a Wednesday night. But here we are on a Thursday, so everyone had time to really fully digest Chapter 20 of The Mandalorian, The Foundling, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, our new favorite tandem, and directed by Apollo Creed himself, Carl Weathers. Yes, there was a Creed before Creed, and his name was Apollo. Uh, thank you for joining us on this show. With me, as always, is James and Lacey. What's up, guys? How we doing? And doing great. Our guest, uh, one half of the excellent Children of the Watch podcast, welcome to the Resistance Base, Mac Lacey. What's up, Mac? Hey, I'm super happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for uh, for having me on. It's so weird <laughs> hearing my name again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny if Mac was like, you know, I go by my last name, and then it would just, just be I'd like, I'd be you don't okay know. with it. I'd yeah. be okay with Lacey's it. Or if Lacey. his first name was James, that would be weird too. James Lacey. <laughs> True. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, it's funny, like I want to bring this up quickly and then I want to get to uh, you being able to plug the pod, uh, Mac, but it seems like there's a lot of people who like Star Wars podcasts who really like both of our podcasts. And I saw some people saying like, are my two favorite Star Wars podcasts coming together? And and I, I sent the the Hulk Hogan and Macho Man handshake, and I think you <laughs> sent one. It's just like so cool seeing people saying like, oh my God, these two are getting together. So hopefully, no pressure on us tonight, but you know, I'm glad we're hanging out, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think we're uh, our both of our shows are two kind of forces for good in Star Wars fandom and everything. And um, I, I think we're have very similar attitudes and stuff like that. So you know, we're yeah. uh, super glad that a lot of the same folks you know like both of us. Yeah, no doubt. I'm a big and, fan. Big fan. Yeah, and speaking <laughs> of Children of the Watch, um, if people don't know, where can they find you guys? Whether it's uh, social media, audio, video, just fire away, plug away. Man, unlimited plugs, unlimited power, unlimited plugs. <laughs> wow, I'm don't let it go to my head. Uh, yeah, so we've got <laughs> Children of the Watch, uh, podcasts anywhere you get podcasts. Um, we do a weekly scene by scene breakdown, um, so a slightly different format. Um, if if you want to kind of go more beat by beat, um, and we also do some YouTube stuff. We've got a YouTube channel. Check that out. Um, I mean, those are that's that pretty much covers the base. Children of the Watch everywhere. All right. Sounds good. I'm glad to have you and we'll have to have Alex on another time. Um, we'll definitely uh, get you guys back in the mix uh, soon, but we're glad to have you here to talk about The Mandalorian Chapter 20. And before we do, I just want to thank everybody who happened to, to be joining us live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. Uh, if you are listening to this after on audio podcast apps or watching on YouTube, thank you. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the show on your preferred platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or any audio app and of course the channel and if you are with us live make sure you do like the video and uh have some fun in the live chat as always and just so you know we do have super chats available if you'd like your comment read on the show and have us react to that uh we appreciate those because it always gives us different v points of view to to think about these uh these crazy episodes uh right. especially this one which had some big surprises and a lot of twists and turns so thank you to everybody who's joining us and of course last but not least uh thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast can't do this stuff without you uh so um if you have been thinking about it hop over there and check out the tiers and sign up we appreciate all support uh if not that's cool too we just want everyone to enjoy the show and have a good time so thank you for joining us on the mando fan show so 
Uh, let's get into the famous, I call it famous, it's not, but the Pedro Pascal face scale that we do here on the podcast where we go around and each of us rate the episode zero to 10. We haven't had any zeros yet, so that's good. Um, <laughs> you can do half points too. Uh, and then we do our average and we'll check in to see what our patrons score this episode. So uh, Lacey, you drew the short straw. So you're going to go first this time. Uh, what did you give chapter 20, The Foundling? I gave this episode a seven out of 10. I liked it better than last week's episode. Um, And I'm going to admit like the majority of those points are from um, (laughs) Ahmed best points. Like that moment is (laughs) one of the best moments in star Wars hands down. So I definitely gave it a upper score, a big moment for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Mac, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with Lacey. I think seven uh, is where I'm at, and I you know I, I reserve eights, nines, and tens for just truly exceptional right. stuff. So a seven for me is I thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a super fun time. Just the the spectacle. Um, I was you know fist pumping and running around my living room at five a.m. when I woke <laughs> up to watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I know I saw some tweets of people who like guessed that it would be him like a year or so ago. Sure. Uh, sure. And it's just, but I think 99.9% of fans like never would have guessed that would have been Keller and Beck. There, I also uh, think there's, there's an element online where every people, possible person. Yeah. You know I mean? Like it yeah. could be anybody. Um, yeah. But I appreciate yeah. that people wanted it. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a part mm-hmm. of me that's like, people put up a different person every single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah people yeah, are like, yeah. Yeah. What if Adam Sandler saved Grogu? And then just like, <laughs> yeah. like all right, here and we go. And if he's the one, there's a tweet out there that says, there is a tweet. Adam Sandler was the one, and that person's like, oh, little Grogu. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad that they were right, because it was awesome. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I would want to be, I would take a wild guess and be right. and be like, I guessed it. You know, I'd be happy too. Yeah. A big starring role for Coruscant this season of The Mandalorian. But uh, uh, chapter 20, what do you got, pal? I give it a 7.5, a little higher than we've than we've have yet, but I think my thought process on it was that, you know, there's sort of two dividing stories that were happening in this episode and I liked one more than the other. If I if it would have been all the other story, I would have rated the episode 6.5. If it would have been all this story, I would have rated it 8.5. So I was like 7.5 for this episode right down the middle. They evened it out, um, and that's what I'll go with. And it and it was pretty much like how I felt about it anyway. Seven point five is pretty normal, run of the mill episode. Yeah, yeah, solid score. And I'm with you, James. I was seven point five as well. So we're all sort of in the same realm here. Um, my reason being similar to that, I thought for a short episode, um, there was clear like let's get get let's give everyone else something to do so that we can focus on this flashback. So mm-hmm. what can we do here? Let's have a dragon feeding her babies like birds. Like, all right, let's do it. Uh, so, but yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I'm excited to see where that flashback goes. Cause clearly we're not done. Uh, so they left that little cliffhanger there as well. And then of course the ending, which we'll get into later. Cause I think I'm speculating on a lot of wild things about, you know, was it real? Was it not real in terms of the mythosaur? So a lot to talk about and we're going to get into it here in a bit. In my live watch along on Patreon that I do every morning uh, for Mandalorian, there was a whole part of the episode where I was like, she was just trying to feed her kids. Like, I feel bad for these animals because all these things like the mud horn trying to protect its egg killed it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, these poor babies, what happened to the babies? So when they brought them out, I was like, oh, okay, at least they saved them. <laughs> Found family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your mom. <laughs> yeah. And there's um, always a bigger fish. That was a great exactly. moment. Exactly. Yeah. Always a bigger fish. It wasn't, it wasn't Jack's fish, but he will return. <laughs> um, all right. So our total uh, with the four of us comes out to a 7.3. There he is. Pedro Pascal's face. He's happy. He's liking it. <laughs> 7.3. Uh, and then our patrons, a very tight score compared to us. They were a tick above us at 7.4, maybe a little more forehead. Yep. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro in the house. But Pedro yeah. Pascal. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so great score by them. And then just a couple of comments um, on two different perspectives here. So we have our spice runner, Thomas Hennessy who said a four for me this week. Ooh, Thomas, Ooh. bringing the spice. He said, I gave last week a nine, uh, which is interesting because I think most people were a little lower on last week's, depending on who you ask. But uh, he said this week was a bit of a letdown. Uh, it was cool seeing Ahmed Best back as a Jedi, but it also instantly took me out of the story as well and felt a bit meta. I could see that a little bit. Um, I'm finding that I care less and less about the crazy terrorist Mandalorian cult, and I'm a bit disappointed that the story <laughs> seems to be Din and Grogu becoming more and more in the cult instead of breaking free. Still, it was a fun watch. Uh, definitely um, one I'm not going to rewatch a ton. All right, fair, fair, Thomas. Um, and then we have the other end of the spectrum here. Uh, General Frank Grande said, I'm giving it nine Pedros. It was cool to learn and feel more involved yeah. in the clan. Ahmed Best and an awesome Order 66 flashback. Answers finally revealed. Great action against the flying creature. I found myself saying there's always a bigger fish when it met its end. And Grogu uh, winning his first challenge. I threw my hands and shouted, that's my boy. I had, well, there's another Adam Sandler <laughs> reference. Jeez. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with this episode. It would have gotten a 10 if it was longer like last week's. Great. Great job, Frank. And thank you both for your comments and everyone who put in their ratings and their comments. We appreciate that. Uh, I like how that so, four in that 10 or <laughs> that really high score ended up being about what the patrons gave it. They even <laughs> themselves out. <laughs> right in the middle. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, so, all right, let us get into the mix here in terms of the Mando Code, and then we'll start talking about this episode. So uh, the Mando Code, as you know, is back. It's our season-long giveaway contest, and we reveal a number on each episode and on our season finale episode where we talk about uh, the last chapter, not our recap uh, show, our last chapter episode. We'll reveal the final number and how to submit your guesses to win the Mando Code Bounty. Uh, so the grand prize is the Star Wars Black Series, Mandalorian, Ahsoka Tano, and Grogu action figure three-pack, and a Resistance Broadcast logo t-shirt. We actually have something so... else to add to it. Oh, yeah? What do you got? Let's do it. We are also adding to the bounty a uh, Din and holding Grogu Funko Pop. Ah, yes. Excellent. I see. We told you we're going to add stuff. And here we are at the halfway point adding stuff. So Mm -hmm. I hope you've gotten the first three numbers in the code. And the fourth number in the manual code is one. The fourth number (laughs) is one. One. And don't share it because bounty hunters don't share. You're on your mission to win this. Password is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cable guy. Oh, man. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it here and talk about this episode. What we do first here, Mac, uh, is we give our favorite moment or a line or scene from the episode. So uh, as our guest of honor, we want to kick things off with you to warm up the tires here. What was your favorite moment from Chapter 20 of The Mandalorian? 
Yeah, it's a great thing I'm going first. Thank you for that, uh, that, that <laughs> mercy, because I'm sure what I'm going to talk about is probably what uh, a lot of, a lot of folks want to talk about. But Ahmed Best, just what a what a heartwarming way to wake up and spend a morning watching that episode. Um, just <laughs> he's had to, to see... keep that from all of us too. Imagine him and Keisha's like. <laughs> yeah yeah and i uh i actually didn't realize that the jedi T temple challenge was happening so i i was pretty unaware i i wasn't even really uh super clued in on the character of Kel uh keller and back but mm -hmm. um just seeing him pop up and seeing that it's ahmed best there are so many both like uh like a com the comment earlier was saying meta things that are awesome and and great about that and then it's also just cool in story i love getting new cool uh jedi to 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 root for and to to watch you know do incredible feats um the fact that it's ahmed best you know getting uh, a chance to be a jedi and just he he has always been better to star wars than a lot of star wars has been to him at times so it's just yes. amazing to see him get uh, that that recognition of all the the work he's done for the franchise and just how wonderful of an ambassador he's been. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and they really like they're like, all right, not only are you back and you're playing this Jedi that you did on the game show, but you're doing two lightsabers, you're yes. pushing guys with the Force, you're yeah. flying a ship through Coruscant, you're doing all of it, and he's yeah. probably like, yes. All yeah. right, you know? and you're saving Grogu of all characters. Exactly, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be awesome. Someone's gonna make a fan edit with Duel the Fates over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure that's had to have happened already. It's already, it's already happened. I guarantee. Oh, is it? Yeah. No, of, I'm just saying. I'm sure it has. The yeah. law of probability. Yes, that, I think. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, a great pick, Mac, and I'm sure 90% yeah. of people are gonna pick that as well. Um, just an amazing moment that people are going to remember forever especially Ahmed himself so a very just just a good feeling like you said in general and and well executed um all right Lacey you're up what was your and if it's the same it's the same you know but what was your favorite moment shot or or line it is the same but I'm going to go with my second favorite which is yeah, yeah, um thought, yeah. the moment where Grogu's about to do the challenge and Bo-Katan crouches down and she goes he's just like my father like he did the same thing it just means he cares I thought it was such a cute moment oh, between her and yeah. Grogu. And it was like, I literally out loud was like, oh, she's like a mom. <laughs> like, she's being a mom. And like, oh, it's just your father being weird. Like, that's uh, so true. Yeah. I just, it made me laugh. And at the same time, made me have more of a kind of, in that small line, she gave so much background to her character of like how her relationship with her dad was and like the pressure of being who she is. Um, and her knowing and connecting with Grogu because she knows the the un impossible standards that he's already at because he's a force user, because who he is, because he's with the, the Mandalorian. So like just in that one line, there was all this meaning of like her and her connection and like her supporting him. And at the same time, just being a part of something greater than herself again. And I think that we see that throughout this episode of like how she's kind of being like, OK, I'm a part of a team again. Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. yeah i enjoyed that too that's a good pick um mm -hmm. all right james what do you got i'm gonna go real simple it's it's obviously the same uh that we've said the ahmed best scene him coming through and fighting and stuff that that was the best scene but uh i'm gonna go for a shot actually uh not less meaning just something i thought was beautiful and stood out to me 
Uh, there's a very particular scene of the flying creature go headed towards the sun and Bo-Katan's mm-hmm. ship like right behind it. And it's like, this just feels straight out of like the originals. It feels like even like some, a scene from um, uh, force awakens or apocalypse right, now. Skywalker or something. You're just looking at the sun. Right. It just felt so yeah. Apocalypse. Now that would be like the um, other big reference, but it, it just, yeah, there was something just so beautiful about that particular shot as the ship like flew away and was following that thing. And I'm like, they could have shown this so many different ways, but they went with this particular artistic shot. And it just, when you're watching the episode, you see the ship and you think it looks cool. And then they cut to that and you go, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt like real. Like I was there all of a sudden. And, and it wasn't just like a television show that I was watching. Credit to Carl Weathers, director. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent job. Yeah, good pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to give the nod to the Ahmed Best moment for sure, but I'm going to go with um, that just tightly focused shot on just Grogu's face as the flashback is developing, and he's having, like, he's still in the present, but he's having those clear traumatic moments. And the way they animated his face, I've never seen that before, you know? Is it a push? Do they do a push at all, or is it just on him? I think it's I right th- on him. They might have just on like, him. Yeah, and but just seeing like him like wincing and like the mm-hmm. pain and his eyes even looked a little watery. Like they, you could people can say what they want about like sometimes he looks a little puppety and stuff. But when they animated his face in that shot, I was <laughs> like, like I have not <laughs> seen anything like this before. That I felt because you know I have two little kids, and when you see like your kids cry, it rips your heart out. And I, mm-hmm. I, all I wanted to do was hug him and like let him know everything's gonna be okay. It really impacted me, and it showed like that he's rediscovering that in his mind and it's mm-hmm. still very very real and and close to his mind so two that, things that moment just hit me hard hard real hard one i totally agree with you the armor is constantly making people feel things that they don't want to feel from din Djarin in like season one where she's always yeah. like hammering away and everyone's like oh this is so traumatic and triggering and she's just right. like what do you want what do you want in the workshop yeah. uh, two, is that is there something happening there i'd like to know i don't know like is it a when you hit the hammer, it releases something into the air that causes oh, that. You think I, she's like drugging people? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking just the same as like how Boba Fett went through the ritual and all this. There's like a lot of or like something. Eastern type stuff that's coming out of this. And I feel like that that is a very like uh, uh, religious moment when you're getting this made. And I think there's something happening there that's causing the people to go through this. Not like it's a bad thing. It's just like part of what makes them become mm. Mandalorian. What do you think, Mac? I, I see you nodding your head. I think that there's something particular about the forge uh, that is mystical or supernatural, like like you're talking about. Um, we actually had Emily Swallow on our podcast, and she talked a lot about the importance of the forge uh, and everything. And so I've been thinking a lot more about that since. And I... And this is not the time in this show to talk about this, probably, but just my kind of end game theories about the armor. I think the forge is a mystical or supernatural thing. I, th- I think. Interesting. I think, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I like that. I've never even considered that until you guys just started talking about it now, but I can totally see that because all I saw it is this woman keeps triggering everyone. into <laughs> And she's very I, yeah. stoic about it. She's like, Oh, you're sad. Okay. Take the water. I've been, you're like, what? I've been trying to make sense of it. And I'm just thinking of like that, this material that is like hard, it's in a solid state, but as you melt it, as you bend it, it like releases like a chemical, much like a, you know what's killing our ozone or now whatever, you know when, I mean? like some type of thing when you, but... when you when you had emily swallow on um i didn't catch the episode but did she have like this sort of like i gotta be careful what i'm saying here face yeah, a little bit yeah um <laughs> and, and, i mean i i i feel so much for any star wars actor who has to do any kind or or right. chooses to do any kind of <clears throat> press or anything like that because yeah. it, it must just be a tightrope walk um yeah. but yeah she she didn't give anything away so it, anything that i'm taking out of that conversation was, is just my reading into it you know um sure sure but that's yeah, the good it, stuff though man it that's seemed really cool like she was at the su- simultaneously kind of drawing attention to and dancing around uh the, gotcha. the concept like it the i like when so. they do that um so then the other thing john my part two of that was you had said oh, like sorry, you've never yeah. seen it animate it's face like that pedro had admitted on a recent talk show i think it was the graham norton show in the uk going to the uk soon uh he said that now they have two puppets where they have one that's the walk around one and then they have one that's just the close-ups that uh pedro pascal oh cool so they have the one that walks around and the one that they hold and then they have the one that does the close-ups which has more of the yeah which is such a good call you know and it's it's, uh, Amazing. It's got like the whole team of people behind right, it. Like one right. person's mm-hmm. controlling one eyelid and another person's <laughs> a flared yeah. nostril or something. Yeah. 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 Just like a, a mess of cables leading to a whole team of people it's controlling. So cool. That stuff. stuff is so cool. I, I work on Star Wars. What do you do? Well, I control like this area right here on Baby <laughs> exactly, Yeah. They're trying to get into the studio in Manhattan Beach and like to get through clearance and they're like, uh, I need your badge. And they're like, here you go. They're like, oh, it didn't work. What do you do? He's like, I'm left nostril guy on Grogu. <laughs> yeah. I got to get in there. I'm like, all right, go ahead. Um, all right, very good. Um, now, before we get into our main discussion, I do see we have a couple of super chats. So, Lacey, if, uh, you want to fire We do. So, first, we have Des Smith. Thank you so much for the super chat. He said, loved this episode. Hyped to see you guys at Celebration. Got some Saltire Squadron swag for each of you. Saltire? Thank you. Dennis. I like that. I'm in. I love swag. So yeah. I we have swag for you. If you have swag, we'll you trade swag. swag. Yeah. We'll trade swag. Swag swap. <laughs> Thanks, Des. Next we have Mando Arms. Ooh, Mando Arms. Good. You came to the right place. Thanks for the super chat. He said, "I think it's the living water that gives the forge its power and triggers the flashbacks." Ooh. Yeah. I'm, that's a good idea. I'm kind of on the same boat there. Yeah. Because didn't the season start with that Mac, where she was? Doing something that Mixing. he clearly saw, she was manipulating the the water. I can't. She, yeah, she was what's... able to tell because she poured it in, and it it made like a green. To it. Yeah. yeah, and I can't remember if that was in the book of Boba Fett or the beginning of this season. The those those two things. I've, the I've, pouring I've yeah, this season. I think yeah, when okay. she was making uh, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew's helmet. Helmet. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. I remember what's the name the... Ragnarok or something. I forget his name. <laughs> Ragnar. Yeah. Wait a minute. What are you Ragnar, talking, about? Yeah. talking about? When she poured it in and it, and it did the thing. Yeah, it yeah. looked like green the first episode. Yeah. Was it? 
wasn't it was it not when he brought back the water both times Oh, okay 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 so the first episode she did it and none of us really picked up that that's what was happening and then someone i believe his name was sean in the comments had said oh didn't you guys notice that she poured it into beginning episode? and we were like oh so that's the thing about these things yeah. as star wars fans is there's so much going on yeah. that the yeah. smallest moment means so much later in the season right, but yeah, yeah. yeah no, this is very ahead. deliberate and the fact that he had that be the first thing we saw this season has to is be important. It's, yeah. it's not a coincidence yeah so Thanks for your Mac comment, up. Mando Arms. Love yeah, thank you. Mando thank you for the super chats. We appreciate that very much. Um, all right, so let's dig into this thing. Um, so, Mac, in terms of where we are, like, this, so we're halfway through this season. Um, there's uh, a lot going on, obviously, with Grogu and what's going on with the um, the cult, <laughs> the creed. <laughs> uh, so where are you at with this? Are you... Um, on board with Bo-Katan getting in line? Do you think this is all like she has a greater plan because you know she senses a bigger threat? Like, So where are you at? We want to get an idea of where you're at uh, before we yeah. get in here. So, um, yeah, I'm really loving this season. I think it's it's had an attention to character that's been really um, you know refreshing to, to see um, in addition to the big spectacle moments and everything. Um, for Bo-Katan at first, I was really suspicious, um, you know, that she had some ulterior motives or anything like that. I, I never think Bo-Katan's going to be a, an outright villain. Um, right. but I think there could have been a lot of scenarios where she, she's was a little leaning. She's yeah. a little leaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't know quite what to, to make of her intentions, but after this episode, I'm kind of thinking she's genuinely buying in a little bit. Um, and I have not, uh, while watching this season, I have been kind of intentionally experiencing it through the framework that the show is not necessarily commenting on the merit of cults or anything like that. It's mm -hmm. just, this is a device through which we're telling this story. You right. know, this is not like an examination or a, a critique of cults or anything like that. So I have not been like viewing characters joining a cult as a necessarily bad thing from the perspective that the the story is trying to to tell it from right I, so yeah, you're treating like it as been... it's in space exactly yeah <laughs> and I, this is i've been fun. feeling that way and i i was really i was gonna bring it up like what your guy like from you know on your show your perspective how you do that like what is the stance on this because i i have been feeling like not like cults aren't bad but i feel like the story that's being told here is like a small group of people are rebuilding their society. They feel like a cult now. They feel crazy, but when inevitably they they rebuild the Mandalorian Empire, it, it's the historical value of that is just going to be like, yeah, these three individuals, you know, Dinjar and the Armor and Paz Vizlo, they were the only ones left. You know what I mean? And then they rebuilt this thing from the very beginning. You know, right. so it's like I I don't know. I just sort of see it as like the rebuilding of the Mandalorian uh everything you know and not i think so there's much also like a lot of trauma of that's being dealt people. with from all these people there's a lot of trauma from like their whole planet was destroyed so they're trying to figure out what's going on and they're using this way to explain how they're going to handle it moving forward and why maybe things went wrong yeah and you know what i mean like also, people look for explanations like star wars does this thing where it's like yeah they do the found family thing where you sort of um become a part of something that you didn't know existed before and but it also does that thing where it's like 
letting go of the only thing you ever knew. And that's such a hard thing for any human to do is like, you know, I was raised a certain way. And then you go mm-hmm. to college and you like meet all these different people with different experiences. And you're like, but that's not the way I remember this. And like, did everything I learned mean nothing now? And it's very hard to let go of like your past. And especially with bo who was so convinced that she knew how things really are supposed to be and how flippant she was against the children of the watch and calling them crazy cultists or whatever she said, um, which must offend Mac because it's the, literally the name of his podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's that, and we all can relate to that because we've all had, we were all raised by, you know, your family passes down a tradition to you or something like that. And you hear someone else's and you're like, no, we do it this way. And, you know, so yeah. or uh, you're seeing both every, on, everything's a cult. You know what I mean? The Jedi are cult because they were tradition you know whatever people, and then eventually it turned into something that's just like an establishment like you just can't become a jedi right and we're seeing bo realizing and conceding to the fact that the armor has been right about a bunch of things and it's interesting like where is that line and she's like so towing it very very gently but i think mm-hmm. deep down she knows that she needs them more than she doesn't at this point, especially after what just happened to her home. So it's going to be interesting which way this ends up, but which is a question we brought up, Mac, like, do you think Mando's keeping his helmet on this whole season? I, I don't know that we'll necessarily see Den. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think at this point, if we do get Pedro's actual face in the show it'll be kind of like a season one situation where there's just an extenuating circumstance and no one's around or you know something like that they'll give us a little glimpse of Pedro I think Mm -hmm. Um, I think so you don't you don't keep him hidden you know Um, (laughs) but yeah I I don't think I don't don't know that he'll have lines to another character with with a helmet off um just just from the way things are going now Unless yeah. it's IG-88 again. Or not 88, sorry. Uh, 11. 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because um, they already teased that return. What do you guys think about the end of the episode, though, which I found to be one of the more interesting parts in that, like, I it usually takes me time to digest and, like, really think about this. But in, when I did my first watch of it and I did the Mando Minute for the channel, I immediately just thought, like, she didn't really see Mythosaur. That was just this. That was just a sign, and and like I looked up mythosaurs on Wikipedia and stuff like that, and it's like mythosaur is the sign that uh, a prophecy that Mandalore will be restored. So I'm I'm leaning on that she didn't actually see a mythosaur. Where are you guys at with that? I think uh, I think she did. Yeah, I'm 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 right there too. I think that um, the armor and the forge is maybe giving her a sense of prophecy. Uh, Maybe she can see things in the forge. It's giving her insight into a path forward for the Mandalorian people. And she's just kind of nudging everyone in the directions they need to go. Um, And she's not outright telling everyone everything because they need to go on this journey for themselves to become the people that the purpose needs them to be at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think... I think the mythosaur is really there, but I think the armorer for sure knew it was there. And and when uh, Bo-Katan came back and said that, it seems like she's dismissive because, yeah, she knows that it's down there. Like, she has kind of in some way maybe arranged for all of these events to happen. 
Um, but that yeah. could be reading way too far into it, which we love to do. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I think I, I could go either way on whether she actually saw it or not. I think if they want to tell the story of like it, how it wasn't actually there or they want to make it so it's a, a questionable thing down the line, they never bring it back. But we always go back and we say, did she or did she not? And it's just kind of like, you know, one of those movies where it's like, did he do it or did he not? You know, and you, they never really they leave it open. But I think what's interesting about it is that we saw it, too. And I right. think that's kind of important. If she would have came out of the water and said, I think I, or came back and said, I think I, I saw a mythosaur recently. And she says, that could be a good sign, could be this, you know, or whatever. But we didn't see it. So we're, we would question whether, you know, what, what, that, if she really did or didn't. But we saw I'm it. Too. Push back on that a little bit because okay. the first thing I think of is Luke going into the cave on Dagobah and we see Darth Vader. You know, we see these things that people are seeing in these visions, in these moments where they're going to real tangible locations on these places. Well, Ray's whole vision in TFA where she sees Kylo Ren, she sees. Yeah. Right. So right. I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to slightly rule that out, but I'm not saying you're wrong, James. The, the only other questions I have about this, and I like that we're like starting to get real nerdy on this now, is <laughs> what pulled him down then if it wasn't? And if it was the mythosaur that pulled him down, did it go all the way up and grab him and pull him down? And why would it let him go? Do mythosaurs eat Mandalorians? So those are my remaining questions about like what made him like plunge all the way down all of a sudden. I eat pieces of best car like you for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Another Adam Sandler reference? (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. So what pulled him down? I guess, you know, Max, so you're saying she really saw it. So you think, do you think the mythosaur pulled him, pulled him down? I don't. I think uh, there's, so I think essentially the force pulled him down, but not necessarily in like the traditional way. Oh yeah. Okay. I think a key theme that we're kind of getting into with, with especially Mm -hmm. this season for this show is um, the, like the force has always been the central uh, driving factor behind all events in all of Star Wars, right? But we think of that in terms of Jedi and Sith, people who are sensitive to the Force. But I don't think there's anything that, uh, you know, prohibits the Force from acting through and and on Mandalorians, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I think it really was what Bo-Katan said. The, the blasts had destroyed the stairs. So just architecturally speaking, it was deceptive of how deep the waters were. But I think it's yep. just one of those coincidences that was supposed to happen, you know? That's, um, yeah, I like that. I also like, well, I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode where Bo-Katan, I think it was the last episode where Bo-Katan's telling Grogu about how like the Jedi and the Mandalorians used to sort of roll together and they were like got along. And then I started thinking about, Satine, Obi-Wan, all that stuff. And then this, you know, we're talking about these visions and the forge and stuff. And it's like, I just made the example about Luke and his vision and stuff. And it's like, there really are way more similarities between Mandalore and Mandalorians and their lore and their culture and traditions and Jedi than I think we like to, you know, realize sometimes. And I think that puts Grogu in this nice little spot where he is sort of, he learned to be a Jedi, but it's a similar type of path. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely like where you're going with this. Cause I, I know that Lucasfilm for a while has sort of been exploring the idea of other forms of the force. Um, whether, you know, you get rogue one and they show you all these other different religious group, you know, the, um, 
uh, all these different groups. And then you have uh, you have the Legends of Luke Skywalker where he goes to different people and and they're like, oh, we call it the Wave or what you know, however it was. And it's like these different entities and understandings of just calling it different things. And I think that people could, or you even have like the the Night Sisters, you know, Dathomir and all that. It's like they experience the Fourth and they basically just call it like magic and they have these abilities and stuff. They're clearly using the Force, but it's in a different way. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be another form of um, uh, John Favreau getting the opportunity of, or Dave Filoni, like how would you write the force? Like if, if the Mandalorians could utilize the force in some way, how would you do it? Well, we'd have this ritual. Sometimes there would be these things. Sometimes they get visions and they treat how they respond to that is they put on their armor and they suit up and they gang together. And, you know, and it's like, that's just their reaction to how they see it. You know, the Sith see it differently. The Jedi see it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I am exploring this now. <laughs> this is cool, I'm man. loving this. This has gone a completely yeah. different way than I thought it was going to go. And I'm enjoying it. <laughs> we haven't even really talked about the Ahmed best stuff. Which I, know, I feel like yeah. we're saving the best for last or something, but let's, let's uh let's fire up that super chat that came in and that might steer us in that direction. Yeah, it actually does. Freezy <laughs> yeah. 2324. Thank you for the super chat. Says, Who do you think Ahmed Best is bringing Grogu to? Also, do you guys have any photos or autographs at celebration? If so, with who? I don't think we have any autographs or uh, photos yet. I don't think no. we have any plans no, yeah. to do that. We're not but scheduled anything, yeah. We want a photo with you, Freezy you're there yes yeah does that count definitely um so how much how much though freezy how much you charge yeah how much you charge freezy (laughs) 6.99 canadian (laughs) so i guess we'll we'll kick this off with mac mac who do you think uh ahmed best is bringing or kelleran beck is bringing grogu to yeah i mean there's a couple there's three options in my mind just because of the presence of the naboo royal guard and a nubian ship uh, which, you know, that could all be a red herring and there could be some, you know, something completely different. But mm-hmm. what that tells to me is it's either Padme, which I think is unlikely due to the timeline. Like she's right moments from death at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, or on her way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so I don't, I don't think it's Padme. Jar Jar uh, is, is a, pot- a potential. <laughs> um, so... I think that too. That's what I thought at first. I was like, is he handing this baby to himself that's, we we that's... get to see yeah we get the scene where they're facing each other it's yeah. like what is happening right now yeah so just with all the Naboo elements and the fact that it was on at best there i i don't i don't think jar jar was off the table and i think there's actually something really cool with um jar jar kind of got an ending to his story in an interlude in the aftermath trilogy um of him he's just like camped out kind of by a fountain all day and what he does like what he finds fulfilling and like what he's made his life purpose is just entertaining children and so i think there's this really cool idea of and and you know the meta take on that is jar jar is a character meant to entertain children in star wars movies that's that's why george and then if you you look at Ahmed best's characters his one character is to protect children and the other character is to entertain children so yeah. So if they're, I mean, it, Jar Jar makes sense as a caretaker of children. Um, that would be wild, man. <laughs> it would explain why he eats frogs, though. Yep, maybe he learned it from from uh, Uncle Jar Jar. We're we gonna get some 2023 visual effect Jar Jar. Like, I'd love it. I, if I they talk it. to each other, I'm gonna lose. I, I think <laughs> I, my brain will explode. <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. 
Um, I think he, he's uh, like Jar Jar. I wish I never met you. <laughs> or something. It's like, oh my gosh. I think so. Alex from our show brought up a really interesting third possibility with Ooh. the same evidence that we're being presented with the Navy Royal Guard and the Nubian <clears throat> ship, which is Palpatine. Yeah, um, that, I was gonna wait. I was hoping you'd say it. Yeah, like, that's so, I mean, no me gusta, no me gusta. Yeah, obviously we hope that's not the case, but it would make sense with where we think they're kind of going with the Dr. Pershing experiments and why the Empire wanted Grogu in the first place, yeah. and maybe possible connections to Snoke and stuff like that down the road, and then ultimately the Emperor's return. I think the Emperor has a you know a vested interest in manipulating events to to capture grogu at this this point so i think it's possible that one makes yeah that one makes so much sense but it also it, it would be strange to me that the former senator from naboo who's now the emperor and ever and the jedi are now suspicious you know they just sent mace and his whole gang to go maybe potentially take this guy out all that's happening around the same time, and uh, it would be strange to me if they were like, "Get the get this you know child to Keller and Beck so he can take him straight to the Emperor, who will keep him the most safe." You know, it yeah, just, that's I, a little strange to me. But I, but given the evidence, exactly right. We know three people on Coruscant very specifically that are from Naboo. So, and then on the flip side, it could be Yoda. Could be, yeah. Um, especially if there's any kind of relation or anything like that we right. don't know so um but yeah that's an interesting to think about maybe he's uh headed for dagobah oh man imagine seeing uh, puppet yoda and puppet grogu oh my god well, yoda's yoda's not left at this point right yeah he's he's about to he's about to or he is fighting palpatine or you know yeah I think, it has to be yes. someone that knows what's going on I think Bale could be a possibility. Bale. Yeah. And, and and that would explain the the Naboo stuff because he's would be able to call upon Padme's, you know, resources and stuff because of their friendship and, and all multiple right. years of wondering who saves him and the, the the day that we get the episode we're like, now who's he taking him to? Yeah. That's the perfect storytelling in my mind. You yeah. give us just enough information to not make it feel like you're just stringing us along, you know, but as soon as you give us an answer, replace it with a question, you know. I, and then it, it ends up it, being Theo Bibble. Bale so would make sense though because he's at one one side of the temple trying to get people out and this ship's on the like he got off on the other side to go meet at a, a spot so what if bale like calls and is like we need everybody to help type thing yeah um but yeah no that would be great that's a great option too because bale's always helping he's always and you know helping. what too the way they've been filming these series they're like this one and uh obi-wan like both films manhattan beach that studio they easily could have had bill uh jimmy smith's film this the same time he filmed his obi-wan scenes yeah. you know that from the from a just production logistic perspective like come on down we'll knock out these scenes for this and this and this we'll put some markers on your face and de-age you a little bit better than we did hayden and obi-wan and uh away we go uh so that bail is a very interesting choice but i love that we have no idea to your point mac it's like like all right, we figured that one out. Now we're chasing that breadcrumb, and they're they're teasing us. And they, I, I, I remember seeing an interview with Dave Floney where he's like, "I love watching speculation 
um, podcasts on Twitter and stuff. So Dave Filoni, if you're watching this and we're way off, you're like, that's cool. If we're I also money, think cool, that but... this episode was definitely like shown to Dave Filoni and he was like, just make it this ship, but like, that's it. Just make yeah. it this ship. Well, he co-wrote this one. So that's, <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah. he's the person that's like, you know, Dave Filoni, not Dave Filoni, uh, John Favreau's like, oh, he escapes to a ship and Dave's like, make it a Nubian. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I want to also mention too that um, this, because of the situation, like I got up early that day and I watched the Bad Batch and I did the Bad Batch reaction show and then I wasn't going to be able to watch The Mandalorian. I went to work. It was the first episode in a long time that I've watched in the afternoon at my house. You know, like just like by myself, like watching it mm-hmm. instead of like in the morning at 6 a.m. or whatever since like ever, you know, with like any of these really. And I don't know if maybe that means like I was in a different emotional state when I watched it, but I I did almost cry during the on my best thing. And I don't know why that affected me more was, than like anything else in this James, show. James, that means a lot because every time we talk about <laughs> stuff like this, John and I were like, we were sobbing and James is like, it was cool. <laughs> So yeah. to hear you say that, <laughs> I really don't know nice. what it was, but I was just, I was so surprised that it was that, like that was the answer that we'd been wondering for so long. And then to see him be doing what he's been doing. And I was like, all of this is the perfect thing. It's perfect for that person. You know, it's perfect for that character. It's perfect for star Wars connectivity because they did Jedi temple and they didn't just want to give him that, you know, like, um, yeah, I just, everything is just sort of all came together. And I was like, this is such a cool pivotal moment for, for so many reasons. And I was just all hitting. And I was like, this is the first time I'm watching this for the rest of my life. I know this is how it goes Yeah. right now in this moment. It felt like I was in the theater (laughs) seeing Palpatine is, is, is Ray is really a Palpatine or something. You know what I mean? It's like when it hits you, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is the moment when I found that out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like a really cool segment for there for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I can't believe I'm watching what I'm watching. <laughs> it was pure happiness. Yeah. The last- when the doors opened, I was like, Oh my god! I can't believe this is like and the it's better than it. what I could have imagined. Everything and he calls him kid and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Um, because it's it's funny. Like Jar Jar is always looked at as this very juvenile character, and then you see Keller and Beck like calling someone else a kid. Like he's the calm, you know, exact opposite of uh, Jar Jar. And um, he was owning. He was yeah. owning. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a reversal of the clumsy personality trait for sure. Yeah. 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 He had and all in like the video game when you have all like the powers, he had it all. Yeah. It looked like he had these like high republic robes and stuff. Yes, he just he did with so the gold. Yeah. Cool and traditional and stuff. And I was like, this is just so awesome. Yeah. I love when things all I, come together. I almost wish this happened first, then they did the game show. I know, um, right? But you know, beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which the order. I think because then think nobody now... would have guessed at all that it was because mm-hmm. the character didn't exist, mm-hmm. right? Do, do do you guys think that the character in Phantom Menace is Keller and Beck? Oh wait, oh you mean in in the bar in Attack of the Clones? No, it's he's like it's it's Ahmed Best, and he's dressed as a Jedi in like the parade scene in the back or whatever. He well, now um, it is. has said that the characters <laughs> well, are related. 
but not the same name. Um, but yeah, well, that's just that's just Ahmed Best's what he says, mm-hmm. so it's not canon. But it's smart that's... for him, he's like, I could play another character. All right, is is it? <laughs> he's gonna be like that? Who is it? Um, John Ratzenberger for Star Wars. He's just in every project. Yeah, yeah. Is Ahmed Best also in Attack of the Clones in the bar? Yeah, he I think uh, I think Ahmed Beck. So he's he's also related. That's that's what I think you might well, be thinking maybe of. Maybe that's Mac, what I'm is thinking of. Then those two characters are like distantly related somehow, or they ha- you know whatever. But I'm wondering if the Phantom Menace character actually is canonically Keller and Beck now. But I'd love that. I don't know. If I like stuff yeah. like that. Someone will the figure last, it out, or a book will come out. By the last Pablo part of this, because um, I do want to touch on like the special effects and and more of like that whole side adventure with the the dragon bird creature thing but the last shot of that was him going to hyperspace though so he's not taking to someone on Coruscant he's definitely going and they said that the stuff was already put in didn't they they were like it's already uh, it's re- programmed like or it's ready, programmed, to go. ready to go yeah, the tank yeah. is full yeah the whole thing so yeah it's it'll yeah I don't know where he's going but man if it's Bale seems very likely, but if it's like Yoda, I'll lose my mind. But I liked everything you said too, Max. I don't too, think Max, it can so. be Yoda, though, because he then gets taken at some point because he ends up at that random planet in that base. Uh, right, right. Uh, yeah. So it has to be know. someone that will lose him. You know what I mean? Isn't it I amazing that we don't know, though? I know, but I don't think, I, out of everybody, I don't think a Yoda would lose him unless Yoda gives him to someone else. But Yeah, yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. So in terms of uh, the other adventure on the episode, which allowed us to really focus on this ma- major, major moment, which stole everything. Um, what do you guys think? I-, I thought the special effects were very good. And, you know, James, you brought up the shots that were artistically done. So, Mac, what do you overall think about that aspect of the show? Fun. Uh, clearly showed the Mandalorians having to work together and stuff. So where are you at with that? Yeah, I loved getting glimpses into daily life within the Children of the Watch, like seeing kind of how the hierarchy works, what a a typical day, you know, somebody waking up could expect to, you know, that's going to happen in in the covert. Um, Loved that they were just shooting guns into a body of water. Um, I watched that and I was like, I've... (laughs) I've been to that beach party growing up in the South <laughs> life. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's familiar. It's like a, yeah. Um, they're like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Do they ever, they they're just like shooting trigger. missiles right into the water. Into the water. Yeah. <laughs> they're like hunting for food. It's yeah. that 4th of July picnic where you're on the beach and you're shooting bottle rockets into the water or something. Cause yep. your parents mm-hmm. are like, you have to shoot them into the water. You can't shoot them in the air. And you're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I love that. Like they've, seemingly chosen a planet that's going to provide them with ample opportunities for adversity and to to overcome challenges and things like that mm-hmm. i think that's fitting with the the um the ethos of the children of the watch and, and mandalorians as a whole um there was kind of an arthurian uh thing all these armored knights going to slay this dragon and rescue uh-huh. the sure. the <laughs> the damsel or ragnar in this case um mm-hmm. you know <laughs> So I, I, I liked it a lot. I just had a lot of fun with it, you know? Yeah. Also reveal that that is, in fact, Paz Vizsla's son. Yep. 
That's yeah, so we can stop wondering about what do all these. I love how many interpretations of helmeted glances we have to make yes. watching this show. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a cool. I think in this season in particular, they've been using it as a storytelling device to conceal people's mm-hmm. true expressions and ultimately their true motives and intentions. Um, but yeah, loved uh, the you know Grogu's little just throw the kid in the pool moment um <laughs> to, to learn how to swim kind of thing um yeah i just i had a blast with it it's so it has me thinking like you you bringing up um the you know Vizla name carrying on you know and wasn't the first mando jedi tar Vizla? tar Vizla. So, and we're I mean, doing this thing where like Grogu is like Jedi and and Mandalorian like is is this kid like maybe this kid's gonna be the Mandalore you know uh, yeah I mean he'd so be, I don't... he'd be the next person to walk both of those paths at the same time uh, yeah potentially whatever, yeah whatever you know his choices lead him to um yeah I think if people aren't familiar with the character of Tar Vizsla, um, I think it's super worth just seeking out, you know, the episodes of, um, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels where you get some information about him and learn the origins of the Darksaber. I think it really deepens your appreciation of the Mandalorian for sure. What What's the other one I mentioned sometimes? I forget. Um, it, it's Is it Galaxy of Adventures? No, it's Forces of Destiny. Force of Destiny. Force of Destiny. Yeah. yeah. There is an episode of Forces of Destiny where Sabine and her brother talk about Tar Vizsla as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I did like um, seeing that the babies were okay. Lacey, you alluded to that before. Yeah. Um, Star I, I Wars wondered... is always killing moms. Yeah. I know. And I wondered what was going to happen. Like, I was like, were they going to let, are they going to let it get away? And is that going to be like too safe? Or are people going to say like they got soft or something like that? But like, you could people can say whatever they want about, you know, Disney era Star Wars. They go harder than George Lucas ever did. Man. They, <laughs> they, they will kill you. They will kill main characters. They'll kill monsters. They'll, they, 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 so it's, it, there's nothing like Disney is not soft when it comes to uh, killing in Star Wars. So when I saw the, dragon get eaten by that uh, i believe that was that the th- same creature from the initial episode i, I think it was the same type of creature they killed type, yeah yeah and it also was in jurassic world jurassic world right <laughs> they <laughs> right. killed that assistant yeah and she had a terrible death it, it's like remember remember the trailer i think it's in the movie too but they they lower down the great white shark yes and it yes. like comes up and eats it yeah yeah yeah, and I thought the effects were great, though. And you got to give credit, obviously, to ILM, but also Carl Weathers, you know, for for making those choices and then and, and getting to the together with them on the shot designs and approving of those uh, edits and the final cuts and stuff like that. So uh, I'm really impressed with what Carl Weathers did overall, because a lot of people will say like, yeah, that was uh, a throwaway. But to your point, Mac, it was way more than that. And it's also like you could look at it from a deep perspective of. You know, the Mandalorians having to work together with their different tactics and seeing how Bo-Katan and Paz Vizsla go back and forth as well as Din Djarin. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, I just want to sit back and see an Arthurian, you know, tale briefly in Star Wars for a minute here. And that's that's OK, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Could could we just briefly touch on what I, I think I saw a little bit of discourse over this and I kind of felt the same way, but I don't know what else they would do is the whole like uh, Grogu flipping thing just look like cheesy but it's I was like okay but again, 
I'm in that same boat where I'm like, they've been I, tossing like, that thing around all season. If okay. I were Carl Weathers, I'd be looking at this thing and I'd be like, I don't know how to make that look, you know, real. Like that is how it would look if he were somebody able to lift himself up. It would just look like a puppet flying around. I don't, I don't know what to do, but it it looked a little weird. But it also was like it's Star, Star Wars, Wars always you just gotta, looks weird. No, you just right. gotta kind of push it off. I so my issue with it is less how it looks and like the actual craft of of the the <laughs> storytelling, but just the choice for him to be so physical. Like I, uh, you know, watching Revenge of the Sith, I thought that Yoda and Palpatine should not have had lightsabers dueling. I thought I think it should have just been two yeah, I'm with you. wizards doing force stuff. Oh, that would be cool. Um, because I think I think both of those individuals are above kind of they've kind of transcended this like physical form of combat mm -hmm. right right so i guess and the emperor want... never used it in the return of the jedi yeah yeah so i mean like uh, I, i'm fine with it all like it's it's fun like watching yeah flipper yeah. is fun but uh i i do if i had had my druthers on that particular choice i probably would have had him be more meditative and like force-based and i thought he his, was gonna uh, freeze him I thought he was yeah. going to freeze it and send it back or something, kind of like Kylo Ren style, but yeah, or, or just like, like you know, Pazuzu being like shoot him or something, and he's like, I can't, you know, like I can't right. pull and the trigger or something. Pick him up and then shoot him himself while he's like hanging in the air. That's what I thought he was going to do instead of mm -hmm. the flip move. Yeah, I did like how <laughs> Din was like that dad as his son's trying to play t-ball. He's like, get back in there. <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> shake that one off. Come on, part of really like, hurt though no. when he got shot and he made the little oh, noise. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you yeah. ever play paintball? That stuff no. hurts. No, yeah, it's it's rough. It's no joke. <laughs> that is. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Do 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 you guys have any thoughts on like the baby chickens they brought back? I think they're gonna end up riding them. Oh yeah. I, I think it's going to be kind of the return to the model of um, Mandalorians used to have basilisk war droids that they'd ride uh, kind of mm -hmm. in, in the EU stuff. Um, and I love, I, I just like the idea of mounted Mandalorians. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. Yeah. Um, about a little cooler destroying. than the blurg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little cooler. <laughs> I'm about to destroy all my cred, but honestly, when they, when they brought him out and the guy was like, and three, I think it was Din probably. And he's like, and three more foundlings. I was like, good joke. Dinner's on us. That's what I thought. Oh. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and that oh. they were going to. No. Uh, uh, what's, what's the monkey creature they stuck in? Kawaki and monkey lizards. Yeah. I was like, they burned them in this show too. It wouldn't surprise me if they were like, they, armorer, fire up the forge. Them. And then in the yeah. next scene, you see like three finished. That's terrible, James. I thought that's what, and they were going to, it was a big bonfire or something. I thought that's where it was going. He's like, we found some more foundlings. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, come yeah. on. That's dinner. They're like, they're like, but you keep making you guys shields. Right. You're going to like write them or whatever. Yeah. Like, can Train you make them, a, write them. Yeah. Can you make a kebab sticks while you're making those shields and that armor? For, for a few minutes, Armorer. She's Speaking like, of Armorer, yes, Grogu was more proud getting that little chest plate than anything oh, Luke offered yeah. him. Anything yeah. Luke did for him was like, here's Yoda's lightsaber and mm -hmm. the the opportunity to train with me. And he was like, mm. nah, I'll take the chest plate. <laughs> it was plate. almost like she made it for him knowing that he's going to grow a little bit more and he'll grow into it. Like she mm -hmm. like, like, you know, when you like, 
you buy your like i buy my son like sneakers and it's like they don't fit him but i'm like he'll grow into it though yeah <laughs> you know they're gonna make necklaces of that chest thing like I in a thought, month yeah it was a little bit of a strange choice for armor it didn't it didn't feel it didn't feel like custom like a chess piece it just felt like a a a, a round weight or something like a flavor flave like, clock yeah basically but like it looked <laughs> to me like it was like heavy like you put it on you're like oh, i'm gonna carry this thing around now and i'm sure it's lightweight and very protective but it it looked heavy as she put it on she's like this is something you have to deal with now it's like it didn't feel like an honor. it's like christmas like when you get that gift and you're like thanks yeah thank you i'll wear it all the time like, turn to hold it up <laughs> An avocado. All right. So <laughs> next week, um, who's directing next week's episode? Do we know? Um, Rice Dallas Howard. Oh, or did, no. Dave Filoni was episode five, right? Or was he six? No, he helped write. He's not directing. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. It was writing. Yeah. He's got uh, a He's got John, a you looking it up. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah. Uh, Pete, Peter Ramsey. Oh, okay. Yes. Peter Ramsey, yeah. someone had said in the chat. So into the um, Spider-Verse, Peter Ramsey. Yes. So oh, I'm very excited for that. So so what do uh, we think? Ready for uh, some action because you know yeah, what's that's going, what he's good at. Yeah, what's going on next week? Mac, any thoughts based on this episode? Man, this is I think the hardest episode so far this season to to guess where we're going next. Um just because it felt like a pretty solid conclusion in a way like yeah we have completed the arc of din and bo rejoining and getting integrated with uh children of the watch um so i i mean i think bo definitely has uh some some inner work to do to to feel fully you know sure of her her path and and joining up with the children of the watch um so i think we can expect some for her to have to make maybe some more difficult choices or, or something like that. Um, but <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I think uh, we'll get a pirate attack on Navarro at some point. Cause we've seen it in, in the trailer, but uh, <laughs> safe, yeah, yeah. Bet. safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I really think it could go pretty much anywhere from here. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Gideon will maybe show up by the end of the, the season again. Um, or maybe some even bigger baddie uh, Imperial presences, but we'll see. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think uh, Thrawn's going to show up this season in the Mandalorian? They're going to save him for the Ahsoka show. I think he might, he's not going to have a, a major presence in this season. I don't think um, I, I could mm-hmm. see where he shows up in the last scene of the last episode this season or something just to, to tease out. Um, I, I, I think he's probably going to be more of an actual player in Ahsoka. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, wh- where's Christopher Lloyd? We keep, we wait forever for this guy. Everyone keeps saying he's in this show. So I know James is like, maybe he's not, but uh, we, we did a bold predictions episode. And my bold prediction is that he's not actually in it. It was just a bunk report. <laughs> Good beer. Good beer. <laughs> we'll see. Or yeah, he, we'll what, see. he did show up and shoot and then everything got cut. That'd be an even weirder situation. Yeah. Oh, the report could be right, yeah. but you know, Christopher yeah, Lloyd as Thrawn. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the unknown regions changed him. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, James Lacey, any thoughts on next week? Go ahead, James. Mm, no, not really. I, I think that uh, the big thing coming out of this episode for me was l- more answers than questions. Um, so for the first time coming out of an episode, we go, oh, where's that going? Where, where are we going to go with that? And in this one, it was, do you know that big question you've been having about Grogu and who got him out and stuff? This is the episode where we answer that for you. So I came out of this episode feeling satisfied from answers rather than more setup. There obviously were more setups in this, you know, uh, about Paz Vizsla's son and uh, what, what Bo-Katan's thinking and what's going on with the armor, all that stuff. It's all there. Um, and that's just good storytelling, you know, get, give them answers, but also set them up for questions. But really, honestly, it's hard to predict what's coming up next because I feel at this point now they've just sort of set us on the path of like Bo-Katan being more okay with this whole thing. And if that's the case, then I'm as a viewer, I'm going, I think John and Dave want me to buy into this group as being not so much like a crazy group of people who are hanging out over by the, (laughs) the bridge or whatever, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but more along the lines of like, these are the beginnings of the Mandalorian culture being rebuilt. This is how it started. Uh, And you would love this movie if this was how the Jedi got started. And it was a group of, you know, three people that became 10 that became 20 that led you know led into all this and they set up their core beliefs and all this and that's the beginnings of the jedi order or something like that but it's like we have an opportunity to tell the beginnings of the mandalorian you know this is the way and we i mean if they break away from that cult at my point now i'm like you've been working really hard to make this is the way something cool to say and if your story is inevitably being like no, I never want to say that again. You know what I mean? That would be like Black Pan- Panther or something saying Wakanda forever is a bad thing. You know, Wakanda yeah. bad. Don't support that. And it's like you worked right. really hard to make that cool. Um, so I, I really think this is this is the beginning of that. So I think the rest of the season is just building up that army. Uh, I think a long time ago, one of my predictions is like we're going to see him reunite and there's going to be a lot of Mandalorians to to get to that. I feel like it's not about removing your helmet and breaking away from the, the, the cult and all that. It's about building that up and making it a society. Yeah, that's a good point. Lacey, what do you think? That was a lot of thoughts <laughs> that I yeah. think are very valid and good. Anything and then I no, go on very, for 10 minutes. Real quick. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. I'm going to say something actually quick because it, I'm having a lot of trouble speculating on the season. Like I have ideas from the trailer. Obviously we're getting that Navarro fight sometime soon, but I'm going to say just because I want it. I hope we see Carson Tava next episode. I want to see Paul. Give him his moment. I love Paul. Oh I yeah. I want him back. Yeah, that'd be good for sure. It wouldn't make sense for him to be on Navarro too. Cause I think that's where we saw him when he was, he might show uh, up after the battle happens as the new Republic's flying in being like, what happened here? What's going I on? think, I think that's it too, and I do yeah. think Grief Karg is getting killed. Are we done stop with? Stop it! Can we stop killing everyone? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. He directed his episode. That's it. Max never coming back again. What are that's what it. are they? What are his train <laughs> holder droids gonna do if he's gone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, they're gonna be unemployed. We have to find a new job for them. 
Uh, I hope not. Was that his episode for the season? He's gone. He's dead. He's basically dead. He's brain dead. He's dead, dead. He's not coming back. I think we'll circle back to the arc of like Imperial cloning research and, Mm -hmm. and whatnot maybe, but yeah, Lacey, I I don't know what uh, capacity Pershing could, you know, take part in that continued story at this point. It's kind of a, kind of a weird picture. Oh, I don't know, man. I think, I think as all three seasons have gone on, I feel he's like a, he might be a one episode per season. So, so that might be it for it, but I, I feel like he's coming back. He's part of the cast in a way. His brain yeah. is mush. So I'm not I sure how say that, but back. it's just what that is. All it is, is like, it's erasing some, some memories. She turned it all the way up to 11. Like imagine a microwave and you put a dish in and you put the him. microwave at 20 minutes How's your meal going to look after that 20 minutes? But it's not a microwave. It basically is. Remember on Lost <laughs> when they were using those videos? I don't know if you guys watched. Did you watch Lost, Mac? Uh, so Alex, uh, my co-host, his favorite show in the entire world is Lost, and I have never seen an episode of it. I've never oh, seen an okay. episode either. It's the Alex biggest point the of contention. Uh, they do this sort of brainwashing uh, and subduing of people's minds and wills using the, these flashes of videos and stuff. Spoiler alert! Do you think of that? I mean, the sh- okay, here we go. The show the, the show came out uh, before like the market crash of 08. Like, I'm not going to sit here and like worry about people <laughs> getting spoiled on lost. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I like that. I don't know, you know, what's going on. The Navarro thing does make sense. I'm with you, Mac, and I just had this weird feeling about grief cargo because how. Like Favreau likes to set front load everything, and that first episode we got to see like him agitate the pirates, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Mando like sh- shooting three of his buddies down. They're coming back with a vengeance, and I-, I just feel like it would be a great service to the story if Greek Grief Karga was killed because like we haven't seen since like Queel and like season one, we had a lot of heartbreak, like Queel IG 11 and stuff. Like I feel like this season sort of needs something like that. And I don't think we're going to see Bo-Katan die or any of the members of children to watch, but yeah, I know Lacey, but I I I don't want him to die either. I just, I just feel it in in my gut. I don't know. You know why I I feel it? Because Filoni's involved and he likes hurting people's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) He likes making people cry and then being like, the it's, a, it's like wedding crashers, crab cakes and football. Filoni's like, <laughs> fan service references and death. That's what Filoni does. <laughs> I just rewatched that. It's more like Ahsoka, Tears, and The Force. <laughs> I uh, just rewatched that Mandalorian final trailer for season three. And I think we've seen everything in it except for the Mandalorians dropping down and the Navarro stuff. It's every clip of it. In, yeah yeah oh the droid bar i think too right yeah the droid bar yeah the droid bar oh, that? Mm. yeah i must have missed that when i was flipping through it i had i so i basically made the exact same statement that you just made uh on our episode this week and alex corrected me with like nine different uh <laughs> shots that we haven't seen yet so. actually that's fair that's fair, that's fair. yeah all right, cool. All right, well, uh, that takes us towards the end of the show. Uh, we do have one super chat that we want to get to before we close out here. 
We do. Thank you, David Ford, for your super chat. He said, Bo-Katan's Mythosaur Tours. <laughs> haven't seen, uh, you haven't seen Mandalorian or Mandalore till you've had a Bo-Katan <laughs> helmet removed. Bo-Katan will take you to the water. Redeem yourself today. I like it. <laughs> well done, David. I think that's the best one you've ever done, David. I'll give you credit. Thank you, David. <laughs> I love it. I, I I can see this as like a little retirement uh, yeah. occupation for Bo-Katan when she... <laughs> Bo-Katan? You know, yeah, yeah. The Disney it's, parks uh, people are like, ooh, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine that shows up to... Go on a Bo-Katan and we're all like... It's a water ride, and you go into the waters of the mines of Mandalore. And then at the end is the the drop where it goes past the Mythosaur. It's like uh, the, Bob Chapek is watching right now, and he's like, "Ah, oh, missed it. <laughs> missed opportunity. It's yeah. my opportunity." Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of the Mando Fan Show today. It means a great deal. Uh, again, thanks to our patrons at Patreon.com/slash/ResistanceBroadcast for keeping the light on in the base. Uh, and everyone who supports us just by listening, watching everything, it means a great deal. But we do have to give a special shout out to our generals and spice runners on Patreon. A bunch of you are in the chat. Uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jenna Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra. We have the best names. <laughs> yeah. Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, Diana, Ivar. Micah Harrison and Chris White and Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan War, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Um, Mac, you are the man. This was such a good time. I had a feeling it was going to be just this seamless, awesome, good chat, and it flew by. So we definitely have to have both you and Alex back on sometime. But so first off, thank you for joining us. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for, for inviting us on. Alex was super bummed. He couldn't make it, but next time we'll, we'll definitely make it work um i just wanted to say like i you guys were such a delight to to chop it up with tonight oh uh, thanks um, man y'all have a great show <laughs> just from like like i really admire y'all's production and everything and just the, oh. the passion and the conversations are amazing <laughs> so i just wanted to say well done on that as well um, thanks yeah, buddy thanks and all. and the feelings mutual uh so um again for for everyone uh just uh Children of the Watch on YouTube audio uh, and you are C-O-T Watch on Twitter. Is that That's it. Yep. Pretty much on, on Twitter, Instagram, C-O-T Watch. Uh, and then, yeah, just find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And on the browse page on Apple Podcasts right next to us on the yeah. browse page. For Mandalorian been, shows. For sure. It's been really fun to, to be watching the charts this season and see everybody just kind of hanging out next to each other. So Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if for whatever reason you guys uh, are, are looking for other additional Star Wars podcasts, uh, we can't recommend these guys enough. They do it right. They do it well. And uh, they always uh, have a good time and are a positive uh, force uh, here in Star Wars family. And so uh, cheers to you, Mac and Alex. And thank you again for coming on. And we certainly will uh, unite once again. So hopefully, hopefully the people who are like, digging for this uh hopefully we uh lived up to that um i think we did i had a really good time so yeah this, um, was, a, this was a blast for sure thank y'all yeah and <laughs> do you have a personal twitter that uh people can hit you up on or anything like that i mean mac underscore lacy i don't honestly have a massive <laughs> online presence outside of uh, our podcast so um, they, right they can follow me i followed can... you on everything today 
Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I uh, you'll you'll see my posting frequency is pretty low. So I'm just gonna start quote tweeting you like, check out this guy. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, James, how about you, buddy? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks, and one last final week of the Bad Batch Reaction Show on Wednesday mornings. Uh, it's the season finale, so expect two episodes, and I'll try to blow through both in one reaction show a uh, little thing that i do yep very good lacy people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin and on tiktok at it's lacy gillerin yeah That's and me. you can find us in london in two weeks i can't believe i'm saying that but uh yeah we'll be at star wars celebration so if you are going uh please come say hi come see us we're gonna do meetups we have our podcast that is going to be on Sunday at 11 a.m., obviously London time, at the HollowNet news stage, room 17. Uh, we're going to keep reminding you of that, and we're going to have stuff to hand out to remind you, and we're going to have some cool swag exclusive to that. So if you are bring going to your, Celebration Bring, bring your Make Solo 2 Happen stuff. Bring that for sure, and just come have a good time. We hope we fill that room up, and, and we can't wait to meet our uh, Europe friends, Star Wars fans, and so very excited for that. Um, but we will be back on monday with a new episode of the resistance broadcast but we're going to try to do our best to tackle all the rumors and news going on with these star wars movies that are reportedly going to be announced uh in two weeks so uh we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next time wednesday we'll be back wednesday at 8 30 for chapter 21 of the mando fan show with uh, Derek Robertson, the co-creator of The Boys and co-executive producer. So we're very excited to have him join the show. Gonna pit, me and James are going to nerd out a little bit on that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we, we will be talking Mando. Uh, but everyone have a great weekend. Mac, thank you again. And we'll see you all next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast Mando Fit Show. See you around, kids. <laughs>